While you're standing, I'm going to read my text and share what the Lord would give me to share with you on this day. Turn to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 7. Galatians 3 and 7. I said to my staff as we came down toward the stage, I said, listen, if I get in trouble up there, y'all come get me and take care of me now. We're going to see and delve into something that is very, very intense and significant. And I pray that the Lord will bless us as I share that that he has given to me. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. He does not say, and to seeds as with many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. And verse 29 says, and if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Who are the sons and daughters of Abraham? That's the focus for today. Ask that with me. Who are the sons and daughters? of Abraham, and you may be seated in the house of the Lord. I must admit that there have been times that I have read the Old Testament with some sense of apprehension. As a non-Jew, as a Gentile, I have difficulty relating on the surface to whole sections of the Bible where it elaborates upon the blessings of God upon the Jews. In the flesh, I had problems with that. It's rather disconcerting to read of the predicted doom and defeat of all the other surrounding nations and ethnic groups except the Jews. I've often wondered how Arabs and other non-Jewish inhabitants of the Mideast could ever embrace Judeo-Christian faith in light of the negative things that the Bible seems to say about them. I wondered how Egyptians felt when the destruction of the Egyptians at the Red Sea was discussed. And when the Old Testament speaks 
of the Ethiopians. It's referring to Africans in general. As an African-American, I know I have had problems with 2 Chronicles 14, 12, and 13. Because the Bible says, so the Lord struck the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people who were with him pursued them to Gerar. So the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover. They were carried before the Lord and his army, and they carried away much spoil. When I read that, I wanted to go and get Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro. I know it says a bad Negro, but I just gave you the ghetto version. I can personally identify with Ishmael and with Esau because due to factors beyond their knowledge, beyond their control, they were destined to be subordinated. Their inferior status was given to them and decreed for them even before their conception. What initial guilt? What blame can be attributed to them? Genesis 25, 21. Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife. She was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So they went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. The, the people shall be, one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb. The first came out red. He was like, a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out in his hand, took hold of Esau's heel. So they called him Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Listen to Saul, the apostle Paul's word on this. Romans 9 and 10. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, not having done any good or evil for the purpose of God, according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau I have hated. This love-hate is to be understood in the same sense that it would be understood in Luke 14 and 26, where it is stated, If anyone comes to me, does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yea, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You've got to love Christ radically. 
Got to love him more than you love anything or anybody else. In this sense, Jesus was saying that he has chosen to show so much love and favor to Jacob that it would seem that God hated Esau. We understand that God did love Esau, but the love that he had for Esau was minuscule in comparison to the purpose and the love that he had for Jacob. This is indicated by the fact that God did not allow Isaac to give, that God did allow Isaac, I beg your pardon, to give Esau an alternate blessing, even though Esau had missed out on the blessing that his father intended to give to him. And regarding Esau, in Genesis 27 and 39, his father Isaac said, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and of the dew of the heaven from above. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you will break his yoke from your neck. Esau, your people are going to serve your younger brother, but when you become restless, you're going to break that yoke from off your neck. So I can relate to Esau. I can relate to Ishmael, for neither he nor his mother had any control over their plight. His mother was a slave. She was commanded by her barren mistress to bear a son by her husband on her behalf. This mistress had rejected her and her son ultimately. And Isaac was chosen over Ishmael, who was her son. What special virtue, what significance can we attribute to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob that they are called patriarchs of fathers of the faith? Listen to God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, away from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Listen to his promise not only to Abraham, but listen now to his promise to Isaac. Genesis 1, 26 and 1. There was a famine in the land. And besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Dwell in this land. I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath that I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I will give to your descendants and all these lands and in your seed, S-E-E-D, all of the nations shall the earth, of the earth shall be blessed. Finally, listen to his promise to Jacob. In Genesis 28 and 10, Jacob went out from Beersheba, dwelt toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there all night. 
because the sun was set, took up a stone of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. And then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. Its top reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Hold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you till I have done what I have spoken unto you. Notice that to Abraham, he said, in your seed, S-E-E-D, shall all the nations of the earth. And he said to Jacob, in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And he said to Isaac, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I'm just talking to you today. Are y'all still with me? If it had been to, up to me, if I was God, somebody say, I'm sure glad you're not God. If I was God, I would have ordered things in a different way. And I would have chosen some different people from the people that the Lord chose. But before I get myself in trouble with God, you better let God speak <laughs> for himself. Are y'all still with me? Romans 9 and 20. But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Shall the thing formed say to God or say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does the potter not have power over the clay? And from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor. I hear God saying, I am the sovereign God. I am the creator and the owner of the universe. And I hear God saying, I am all-knowing. I am all-wise. My wisdom is as high above your wisdom as are the heavens above the earth. You'll never approach my wisdom. So don't question me. Don't doubt my action and my words. He says in Isaiah 55 and 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. There are special challenges in being chosen by God for a mission. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, there are special challenges in being chosen by God for our mission. God does not choose individuals just so they can say they're chosen. He chooses them for a mission. He chooses them for a purpose. And in pursuit of that purpose, they make great sacrifices and they endure great trials. God holds whom he chooses to a high standard and he punishes them severely if they come up short. Unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. Somebody ought to say, praise the Lord. 
the blessings that those who are chosen by God receive, those blessings are not just for them, but those blessings are for others also. And then God makes some strange choices. Tell your neighbor, uh, looking at you, God makes some strange choices. <laughs> By the choices God makes, he lets all of us know he is not in anybody's box. God is not in anybody's box. Biblical principle, ancient practice, recognize the right of the firstborn to receive a double portion of the inheritance. Recognize the right of the firstborn to become the leader of whatever it was that the father had led. And this is clearly stated in the book of Deuteronomy 21:15. But let us notice how frequently God would intervene to disrupt this process described in Deuteronomy. Esau was the firstborn, but Jacob was the one that God chose. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn, but he received no blessing, but rather criticism and rejection instead. Joseph was the most noble and productive of all of Jacob's sons, but it was not through Joseph that the Messiah came. It was through Judah that the Messiah came. But then Ephraim was Joseph's younger son, while Manasseh was the firstborn. And Joseph positioned his elder son on Jacob's right, and he positioned his younger son on Jacob's left, so that Jacob could reach out and bless Joseph's sons and indicate their destiny in the future. But Jacob, rather than putting his right hand on the one that was on the right, he crossed his hand and thwarted Joseph's intention and blessed the very one that Joseph would have put in second place. I could go on and on. David was the younger son of Jesse. When Jesse was called to bring his sons before Samuel, he didn't even invite David to come. But David was the one that God chose to be king and explained it by saying, man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Solomon was not David's firstborn son. And to make matters worse, Solomon was Bathsheba's son. And Bathsheba had become David's wife by adultery and by deceit and by murder. But God chose Solomon, the most unworthy of David's sons to be king, the son of disgrace, received the grace of God, and he rose to the kingship and the throne of Israel. And then let's go a little bit further. Can I go a little bit further? Look in the book of Luke, chapter 25. Jesus says, I tell you truly, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years, six months. There was no rain. There was a great famine throughout the land. But to none of those widows was Elijah sent except to one in Zarephath, in Sidon, a, a woman who was a widow. She was not a Jew. She was a Canaanite, Canaanite woman. And she received sustenance and food throughout the famine. 
when Jewish widows were dying right and left from hunger. And in verse 27, and many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elijah the prophet, but none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. You would think that God would have blessed the Israelite widows and that he would have healed an Israelite man of leprosy, but instead God healed a, a Syrian man and a Canaanite woman and passed right by all the Jews. God was telling his people and letting us know that you can't put me in a box. You can't tell me what to do. I do what I choose to do, and I bless whom I choose to be blessed. And when you think I'm going to go right, I'll go left. And when you think I ought to do this, I'll do that. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Listen, you were an unlikely candidate, but God pushed kings and rulers and presidents and millionaires out of the way to get to you. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. I'm trying to preach this message today. And so God, even in the Old Testament, was telling us we can't tell where God is going by looking at where God has been. And you can't tell what God is doing what God, by looking at what God has already done. In Isaiah 43 and 11, the Lord said, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall not know it. I'll even make a road in the wilderness, and I'll make rivers in the desert. Is anybody still holding on with me? Come on, say, Lord, help him preach. Say it again, Lord, help the man preach. One more time, say, Lord, help the man preach. We need to remember what God said to Abraham what he said to Isaac, what he said to Jacob. He said to, to, to each of them, in your seed shall all the nations, our families of the earth, be blessed. In your seed. And God is saying to us, listen, I had to use Abraham. I had to use Isaac. I had to use Jacob to get to you. They were instruments in my hand, and I had to use them. I had to use their descendants to bring the seed, Jesus Christ, to the earth. Look over at your neighbor and say, God used Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring the seed, Jesus Christ, into the earth. Matthew 1 and 1 says the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so Jesus was the seed. Paul said in Galatians 3.16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, S-E-E-D-S, as of many, but as one unto your seed, who is Christ. And he goes on to say in verse 29, And if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed, and you're heirs according to the promise. Look over at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed, 
and an heir according to the promise. Let me go on a little bit further. Are y'all are with me? Let's go on a little bit further to the next chapter. Pray in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, and when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. And you are no longer a slave, but you are a son. And if you're a son, then you are an heir of God through Christ Jesus. God is trying to tell us, and God is trying to tell everybody else, I never forgot you. I had you in mind all the time. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God never forgot you. He had you in mind all the time. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glory, of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Listen, in many ways, to be adopted is better than being a natural child. When you have a natural child, you get what you got. No matter how he looks, if his hair is kinky, then his hair is kinky. If his skin is dark, his skin is dark. If his eyes are slanted, they are slanted. If his nose is broad, then if he's overweight, if he's fat, if he's skinny, that's your child. If his head is high, that's your, if his head is long, that's your child. But then when you adopt a child, you get to go down and pick out what you want. No, I don't want that one. I don't want that one. Bring that one over here. You choose the color of the eyes. You choose everything about a child that you adopted. And so in many ways, I'm glad I'm adopted because I know the Lord picked me out. Pushed aside a PhD, pushed aside a college president, pushed aside a mayor and a governor, said, I want that one. I don't know why he loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad. I'm glad that he did. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that the Lord picked me out. If you're glad, clap your hands and praise the Lord. There were so many people better than you were, more righteous than you are, smarter than you are, but God pushed them aside and reached way down and changed your life. We, we, we should have known. We should have known that something was going on. We should have known that something was happening when Jesus came to the earth. We should have known, we should have known that when the heavenly council selected an African to bear the cross of Jesus, we should have said, hey, something's happening up in there. All the truly wise and great men of the earth 
would have been glad to have Jesus bear his cross up to Calvary. But God chose black hands and God chose woolly hair to perform an act that all the truly great men of the earth would have been glad to have performed. Simon of Cyrene, an African brother, bore the cross of Jesus up Calvary's hill. He will never be forgotten because he helped Jesus with his cross. We should have known that God was up to something when he used an African to carry the cross of Jesus. And then we should also know that God was up to something when the first Gentile Christian was not an Italian or a Jew. The first Gentile Christian was an Ethiopian eunuch. On his way back home, Philip pulled up beside his chariot and said, what's that you're reading? And the eunuch said, I'm reading Isaiah. And he asked Philip some questions. And Philip said, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the Ethan human eunuch said, what hinders me from being baptized? He was baptized in water. And he was the first Gentile Christian to be saved in the entire church. After that came the Italians. After that came others and the Greeks. But this Ethiopian eunuch was number one. And so we should have known that something was going on when God reached out and chose us. Clap your hands and praise God. God is trying to tell you. I said God is trying to tell you that it's your season. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the Lord is trying to let you know it's your season. You might feel that you're at the back of the line. You might feel like you've been cast aside and forgotten about, but this just may be the best day of your life. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, that this may be the best day of your life. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Praise Him. I said praise Him. The Bible talks about Abraham, and it said that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. When God said, I'm going to bless you with a son, Abraham got to be 100 years old, but he kept on believing God. And he kept on trusting God. He believed God when everybody else would have doubted. And God fulfilled his promise. What God has promised, he's able to perform. And so, child of God, if you believe God, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are the promised seed. And you are a child of Abraham and a child of Jacob and a child of Isaac. Hallelujah. I first heard those words at an orphanage in Kenya. I was in Kenya taking care of the orphans and carrying money to orphanages. And a group of orphans at one orphanage in Nairobi, Kenya, gave a program for me. And they closed the program with this son. Father Abraham has many children. Many children have Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. 
So let's just praise the Lord. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. If you believe in Christ, you are a son of Abraham. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you believe in Christ, you are a son of Abraham. You are an heir of the promise of God. When you are a son of God, you can hold on to God and say, Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my soul. The angel wanted to get loose, but Jacob held on. Tell your neighbor, hold on. You are a child of God, and God will not neglect his own child. God will perform his word. First Peter says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are his own special people that you may proclaim his praise who's called you out of darkness into the marvelous light because you know who you are. You never have to settle. Come on, tell two people. You don't have to settle. You're adopted by God. You're a child of the king. You're a member of the royal family. Yes, since you know who you are, you don't have to let nobody try to define you. You can't define me. God has already defined me. I am more than a conqueror. He that hath begun a good work in me shall perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. He's able, I said he's able to keep that that I've committed unto him against that day. You can't define me. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to believe God until morning. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, hold on. Believe God until morning. Joy, I said joy will come in the morning. He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Come on, tell three people. He's able, he's able. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are a royal child. Neighbor, you are adopted into the royal family. If you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. You are an heir according to the promise. Jesus came all the way from heaven down. Nails were driven into his hands. They were driven there for me. Nails were driven into his feet. They were driven there for me. A crown of thorns was crushed into his skull. That was done for me. They pierced him in his side. That was done for me. He was buried in a grave and early, early on the third day morning, my savior got up again. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, he got up with all power in his hand. And because he lived, I can face tomorrow. 
Because he lives, all fear is gone. Everything is going to be all right. I'm a royal child. My father is rich in houses and land. He holds the worth of the world in his hands, of rubies and diamonds, silver and gold. His covers are full. He has riches untold. I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm a child of the King. Come on, help me praise him. Come on, help me praise him. Yes, yes, yes. David said he prepares a table before me in the presence of, of mine enemies. I can sit down at the banquet table. Enemies all around me. I've experienced that. I've gone through that. Enemies trying to kill me, trying to destroy me. But I see God saying, come on in. I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to show you my best. I'm going to wait your table. I'm going to serve you while your enemies are looking all around. I can look up and see them and ask them, how do you like me now? You tried to kill me, but God has raised me higher than I've ever been before. Stand up on your feet and give praise to God. Praise Him. Praise Him. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I'm a daughter, I'm a son of Abraham. Yes, tell him again, I'm somebody, I'm somebody. If God says you're somebody, you are somebody. And so Father Abraham hath many children, many children hath Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 All of history, all of history has been but a preparation for you. But God did with the Jews and for the Jews so that his seed could come. And in that seed, all of us might be blessed. Lord, I'm not gonna argue with you about how you did what you did. I'm just glad you did it. I don't know why you love me. But I'm just so glad that you love me. Tell your neighbor, the Lord chose me. That means I'm somebody. And if you're here in the house of God, you are chosen. You may never have recognized your chosenness. Maybe you've never articulated that I have a special obligation to serve God and to live for him. You may never have accepted Jesus Christ, but my brother, my sister, God has chosen you. And he wants to make you a son or a daughter.
of the promise that he gave to Abraham. You'll be blessed. Seed will be as the sands of the seashore, the stars of the sky. I'm going to make you a blessing. And all over the earth, people will be blessed because of you. I'm going to perform my promise because you're special in my sight and special in my eyes. God loves you more than you've ever known or thought that you can be loved. God has chosen you. Won't you accept God's selection of you for destined to greatness and to significance? If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, Jesus will come into your life today if you will accept him. Your sin can be forgiven. Jesus can become Lord of your life, master of your destiny. If you want to know Jesus, I'll pray for you right where you stand. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. If you're here and you would say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want to become a son or a daughter of Abraham. I want my sins forgiven. I need a change in my life. I did not realize who I could be through accepting Jesus. I want to receive him now. I want to become his child. God had you in mind when he sent Jesus to the earth. He had you in mind when he dealt with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the Jews of the past. God had you in mind. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. If you would say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you, lift that hand and hold it high. Pray for me, preacher. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. Once you've lifted your hand, keep it lifted. Don't lower it. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. I need to know that you desire prayer, that you want Jesus to come into your life on this day. Lift that hand wherever you may be. In the name of Jesus. I see those hands. I've seen those hands. God bless you. Dear Lord, I pray this day that you'll come into the lives of those who want to know you. Set them free, dear Lord, from their sins and from unrighteousness. Draw them to thyself. Let them never again be the same. Save them, dear Lord, by your might and by your power. Come into their lives, dear Lord, and be God as you've never been before. Jesus Christ, Forgive their sins and draw them to thyself. In the name of Jesus. Say this prayer after me, please, dear Lord. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I have been and the wrong I have been and the wrong I have done. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord. And I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I have new life. Come on all over the room. Clap your hands and give praise to God. Give praise to God. Give praise to God.